Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And this week, oh, Young Me. Oh. Yeah. Wait, you said, oh, wait. No, I didn't. <laughs> You're making that up. And this week, Young Me, we have a very special guest. Uh huh. We sure do. You don't he seem excited about him at all whatsoever. What? I'm the most <laughs> excited. Wait, why are why are we starting this episode gaslighting each other? Uh-huh. I just told you you were hearing things. You're we telling do. me how I'm feeling. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's bad. What Mercury is in retrograde. Oh my god. Um, uh, I don't even know if it is. Do you want to do us the honor of introducing our wonderful guest? I would love to. Our guest this week, I am a pers- personally a huge fan of this comedian. He is the co-host of Nikki Fresh on Quibi, which is like literally the best show on there. I love him. You're going to love him. Clap right now by yourselves in your cars for Jared Goldstein. Hi. Hello. Hello. I feel like I need to like, (laughs) I feel like I need to redo my intros because I feel like the intro that I do is a very stage intro and it just doesn't work for podcasts. Oh, I thought that read really authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I think... Yeah, I think you did a gorgeous job. Wow. Now I feel like I was fishing for compliments, and now I feel like (laughs) 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 self-conscious. I know I did a good job, but do you think my arms look skinny? Um, I was going to say. I was going to say. (laughs) Jared, I'm so excited to have you here. You make me laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yay. From beautiful LA, you're you're. I mean, obviously, we're all in our living rooms, but your living room just looks so much sunnier. Your living room is radiating. Meanwhile, you can feel the stench in Young Me and I's living room. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yours more than anyone else's, Brian. <laughs> right, Brian we'll get, we'll is get in, into that. <laughs> Brian is in what I'm calling now a diarrhea dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan told Jared and I that he is, has some food poisoning and he's barely holding on. Basically, to answer the question, how am I feeling? I, yeah. am, in, I am in a diarrhea dungeon right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. How are you feeling, Brian? Up until an hour ago, I was pretty set on talking about how I just yesterday found out that my ex, of who I dated for three years, I found out uh-huh. she has a new boyfriend. <gasps> and it was extremely destabilizing secretly <laughs> i thought i was totally fine but as i was driving back home from jersey i was crying listened to listening to beach house and i'm like i am a fucking wow. movie trope right now and it feels bad and uh this within this past hour i ha- fully had diarrhea because of food poisoning <laughs> and i'm <laughs> <laughs> So that'll show her. <laughs> that'll, yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing great. <laughs> Brian. Oh, wow! God. It's all yeah, happening at once. It's all at once. I'm sweating profusely. Oh God! I am in a diarrhea dungeon. I'm supposed to go Wait. on a. I'm supposed to go on a hinge date right after this <laughs> podcast. I. I haven't canceled. No. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But that, you know, oh here, Brian, I honestly think you're going to pull out of this dungeon. I think they hit, they hit hard and fast. And then like like as mm. quickly as they came, they go, you know? Whoa. You're, you, you're, you sound very like wise because you're speaking very like 
in Proverbs right now, <laughs> and I'm all about it. But hasn't that ever <laughs> happened to you? Like, I remember one time like, yeah. when I still lived in New York. Oh, no, I didn't live there. I was yeah. visiting, and I, went to, and I went to see a friend, and I really wanted to see this friend, and I was leaving soon, so I felt like I really had to go. And on the way there, I felt so sick. I got there. We're at this beautiful restaurant in like Chelsea, yeah. like near the water. And I get in there and immediately I just have to explode the, the bathroom <laughs> and I destroy the bathroom. And it's no longer a functioning bathroom. As soon as I walk into the most gorgeous restaurant I've ever been into, I break the bathroom. And then I come back out and I tell my friend and he's like, hey, like, what's up, how are you? And I was like, I just exploded. Um, water into the bathroom and he was like oh my god like do you need to leave and i was like i don't want to and i think i'll be okay and just by like sheer will i just that was it it was just like this one (laughs) thunderclap and it happened no that makes sense like your body just like gets rid of it yeah (laughs) yeah that was that was fine that was my one thunderclap yeah i have expelled the weird lunch and i am not gonna feel bad about my ex-girlfriend having a new boyfriend anymore you know this diarrhea thing is really funny but i feel like i do want to focus on this your girlfriend seeing someone else now and that sounds traumatic i wouldn't call it traumatic it's just really sad you cried listening to beach house driving back from new jersey that's that's pretty traumatic i know it's not a competition but a part of me was a little bit sad in Mm. that it's like i'm still single she's moved on i'm really happy for her that she's found someone new but i'm like oh maybe i'm the rotten person in this relationship because i haven't moved on like i haven't found another partner yet you know damn i don't know about that I have this weird thing where if where if I'm done dating someone and I break up with them, I have like literally like the strings are completely cut to the point where I would not even give a fuck if they had like triplets or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know, <laughs> yeah. what, Jared, do you feel like that? Am I the only I'm a Sagittarius. so I feel like it's a Sagittarius Ooh, thing. It might be. I am a Sagittarius as well. But I've never been Ooh. in love. I've never been in a serious relationship. So I, when I find also myself same. in conversations like this, all I can do is kind yeah. of just imagine <laughs> and sort of go from you, there. But I am very stunted in these conversations for that reason. Mm. I think as Sagittarius, we just do not ever fall in love. I do sort of like get very intensely infatuated. And then like the next Mm -hmm. day I'll be like, ew. But that might be maybe not being a Sagittarius. That might just be mental illness. I don't know. Young me, how are you feeling? Okay. Well, all right, Father Brian. I, okay, so I am feeling, oh, I'm feeling, you know what? I feel like this is a part of quarantine that everyone is just sort of like hitting this like massive depression wall. Mm. I feel like everyone's at like rock bottom at a new rock bottom that like none of us knew existed. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. We were all depressed before quarantine. We were all depressed and sad and angry. And, you know, we were just sharing like I have anxiety memes all the time. And then quarantine started and then we were like, okay, now we're really depressed. And then now it's like this whole new wave of depression where it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm really scared. Is there a certain thing that triggered this new rock bottom or is it just... I don't know. Like, well, like all my friends, that's like where they're at in their head. Like all my group chats are about like my friends being like, I'm like way more depressed now Mm. than a week ago. Like it just, it's like a wave that hit us all together. Also, I feel like in the back of my head, I'm really stressed out about the unemployment running out for everybody. 
because mm. I'm like scared of what that will do for the entire city, you know? Yeah. Ramping yeah. up the depress the It's daunting and it's very scary. I'm at a place yeah. where my group chats are are dissolving. They're breaking up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it I go back and forth between like feeling like really like lonely and desperate to connect. And then when I do, I realize, oh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I'm like, I need to That's get back really into point. my shell. Like, this is not like I hate it in there. But at least in there, it's like it's contained. You know, it's like mm. I I yeah. am like I, I'm realizing that, like, I, I need to bring more compassion to all of a higher level of compassion than normal to all of my relationships at all times because times are tough and people are not putting up with my bullshit and they're not they're not they're not they're not not today jared not today jared and i understand and it's my bad and i'm really having to figure out like oh okay i really need to adjust and 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 really make this a priority all the time and i'm sort of trying to take this opportunity to like see the cracks within my own infrastructure mm. and and work on them because I, I know that we won't have to be we won't have to be this careful with each other always um, but in this moment mm -hmm. we do and if the thing that I would improve is the way that I treat others then that's a great thing to improve so let me just do that and that was a thing that I was worried about like when we started I was so afraid of mm -hmm. like of like chaos in the streets and like people fighting in grocery stores and I just kept thinking oh my god oh my god can we please 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 just be compassionate and kind I was so scared of like mm -hmm. of like complete mm -hmm. like mutiny and chaos um, right mm -hmm. and then five months later here I am going, Jared, you got to be way more compassionate with people. So the thing that I was afraid mm. of was like, I think was this thing within myself. And yeah, uh, and, and, and I'm working on it. I'm working on it and I'm reading. I find that reading is really helpful. It's the, like, one of the only things that makes mm -hmm. me feel calm and normal. And I've been reading specifically Ooh. Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong. I just oh, finished yeah. it last yeah. night. And it's incredible. So good. Yay. We've yeah, talked we, about that book on the podcast. You have. Yeah, it's yeah, so resonant. Fans. It's so oh! good. Wait, and can I? You guys have you've you've read it and finished it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I so I skipped the second to last chapter, and then went back and read the second to last chapter as the last chapter, which I actually ended up really enjoying because the second to last chapter is like really packs a punch, mm -hmm. and it's talking about um, the artist Cha. Mm -hmm. And yes. I j and it it really gave me like the big finish that I was that I always love to kind of get, especially from a book that is like taking you on such an emotional journey so early so on, like right on. from the jump. You're gonna skip the second to last chapter mm -hmm. and then mm. return and make that the last chapter yeah. forward because wow. that's where the real instincts. juice is. Yeah, I great mean, instincts, it, yeah. So if you're if you're yeah, it was great. If you're listening and you have not read it yet, everyone. Please consider it. Pick up minor feelings and read it. And, and skip save the second, the to, last second to last chapter for the last. Do yeah, do what Jared <laughs> did. You know, I, I just want to point out that the compassion thing is something that I tell myself a lot because I I find myself being afraid of the same things. I can see people. I feel like a lot of people are like getting so angry right now, and so many things are like popping off. Everyone's so scared and angry. 
And like, I just have to like tell myself, oh, you know, I don't have to be afraid of this. I just have to have compassion for everybody. Yeah. Jared, how are you Besides feeling? Besides that, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? I, uh, I'm feeling pretty yeah. good. I am finding ways, I'm like redefining what it means for me to be productive. And that's mm. been really helpful. I, uh, which is mostly reading and learning. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know what I'm studying for, but <laughs> I'm studying for something. Uh, so there's that. And I got tested this morning. Um, so I'm excited because right. I, I feel healthy. So I'm excited to get my results. I hope that they're negative. And I'm feeling pretty good. I had a cinnamon muffin, I had some coffee. You're just very LA. And it's <laughs> yeah. <wonderful>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very oh, that. Oh God. I'm practicing yeah. compassion and gratitude. I had some coffee. Totally. Had a cinnamon muffin. I'm yeah. in a diarrhea dungeon. <laughs> and you're thriving. <laughs> well, wait till the cinnamon muffin hits. You know the gluten. It's gonna tear uh -oh, me up. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> the f all that fiber. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jared, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Yeah. And we want to ask you up top, how Asian are you? How Asian am I? Let I all of our listeners know. <laughs> yeah. Would you let me finish? God. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brian, stop interrupting. Um, I'm half Asian. Uh, my mom is Japanese yes, from Hawaii. Yes, uh, my dad. Yes, my dad is Jewish from Florida. And you, you might describe me as Hapa. Oh. Hapa, Hapa. I would describe you as 100% Asian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Jewish from Florida. That's, that's Asian. That's as Asian as it gets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Um, oh, I was going to say, so your mom is Japanese from from Hawaii, your dad is Jewish from Florida, and where did you grow up? I uh, grew up on Long Island. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Okay. But I, I was born in Brooklyn, where you so guys you're Korean. are. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hmm. right, so right. growing up in Long Island, did you would you say that your upbringing leaned more Jewish, more Asian? Like, yeah, I would say I would say it leaned. It, it leaned Jewish. We, when oh. I, most of my uh, Asian culture within like my childhood and my upbringing uh, mm -hmm. was when we were in Hawaii. We would go every summer mm. and, and then we would sort of feel that like that flip of like being, being half Asian among white people and then suddenly being half white among Asian people. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but generally, yeah. I feel Which like is, I grew yeah. up with very little culture. It was like pretty like standard suburban. We listened to Z100. I had an Xbox. What was like a standard mm -hmm. dinner for you? Standard dinner was like Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Was your mom's family, Japanese family that lived in Hawaii, were they like super Japanese or were they sort of like, have they lived in J Hawaii for a long time? Uh, they, yeah. Um, my mom is like, I think my mom is like, I think my mom is like third generation. Um, oh, so they've, interesting. They've been, in, they've been in Hawaii for a long time. Um, her family uh, were pineapple farmers. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so she's like basically just Hawaiian. Yeah, like, yeah. So I mean, there is like there is like a culture like, unique not ethnically, to Hawaii, obviously, but but which is also like you know blended with um, American culture. 
Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, the thing that, that I find interesting about Hawaii is because it is like, you know, I grew up on an island called Saipan. And, and you know, I, I do find kind of, not personally, but I find, I can see how other people would find offense to how Pacific Islanders are kind of grouped together with Asians because that's just like literally merging like two thirds of the world into one group. And there culturally, there's like so many different cultures that belong in that big group. But I, I feel like you know hawaii in a way does feel really asian-y to me so like you know hearing that you went back to hawaii to see where your mom grew up you know your stories sound a lot to me like our stories like when we go back to korea or when someone goes back to vietnam or something like that do you think that's fair yeah does your mom speak japanese she doesn't no she speaks um english Mm. and american sign language because her mother was deaf oh Oh, interesting interesting yeah okay they were they came to america very early you know you're what you said your third generation on your mom's side yeah wow and so do you ever feel because when i look at you you pass as asian i mean not Mm -hmm. to like discredit your actual identity but if you told me that you were full asian i wouldn't question it like i would just be like oh yeah you do look japanese now you know growing up in long island i don't know how diverse it was i'm assuming that it did it is predominantly white Mm -hmm. and i don't know do you ever feel did you ever feel like a disconnect with your asian identity growing up or even like currently uh what has that been like yeah um long island was uh predominantly white but Definitely, there was diversity, um, sure. but I would mm-hmm. say that I didn't really become so aware of my Asianness until I graduated high school and went to college when I moved from Long Island to mm. New uh-huh. York City, um, which sort cool. of seems like the backwards narrative that you would expect, not the narrative that you would expect mm-hmm. um, if you're in a small right. small town then you would feel very othered until you, you know, went to the big city, a melting pot, um, and that you would not feel that way anymore. But um, I think because because I had an older sister, I think everyone just kind of knew. Everyone just kind of knew, oh, that's Jared, he's half Asian. And then we just mm-hmm. kind of just didn't really touch it very much. It didn't really come up. Um, I remember mm-hmm. like like once, we, we our superintendent changed while I was in high school and, um, the, his replacement was Asian. And then I remember like being teased truly like once about him being my dad. And I think mm. in like my whole high school experience, that's really the only time that I can point to of like feeling other and specifically in an Asian way. And then when I moved oh. to mm. New York City for college, it was like I was suddenly bombarded every single day because I was meeting all these strangers now and they all wanted to know, what are you? What are you? Yeah. What are you? Right. Right. So it wasn't until I went to college that that really even became something that I was so aware of that like I looked a certain way that was of interest to people. Right. Mm. And you're and you're like saying that that's because in your childhood, everybody around you already knew who you were so that they never really had to be introduced to the idea of like your ethnicity. I think, I think versus moving into a big city where you have to constantly constantly meeting new strangers who've never seen me before you know what i think is so interesting though i just realized this when when i heard you talking about your mom and her family like i've always known that you were half japanese i think from a while ago 
um and like when you were growing up if somebody asked you would you say that you were just half japanese and half jewish yeah like you would say that mm -hmm. right but the weird thing is like your mom is third generation hawaiian like she's she's basically hawaiian right well but it's yeah like, you know it's like it's it's like, tricky I, I it's know. tricky like, I, yeah um yeah. because she isn't polynesian which is like sort mm -hmm. of like a part of like what it would would be considered like really right. in quotation marks or like authentically in quotation marks for whatever that would mean um to right. really be like of hawaiian descent period hawaiian as opposed to yeah. like a japanese family that immigrates to hawaii and starts a, a, a life well, there yeah like i mean i understand like i guess it's so different because polynesians are have had like a a difficult history with colonization and yeah. stuff like that and so i understand that that there's like a big need for them to own their identity and they're like no if you're japanese you're still not hawaiian and i know that like a lot of my friends that live in hawaii i know they have an issue with people that are not ethnically hawaiian claiming that mm -hmm. mm. but it, it's interesting i always i'm so interested by especially people you know like us who are biracial or multiracial and they have different ethnicities living in a different location. Like, who gets to claim that title? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because, like, with the Hawaiian thing, it's offensive to Polynesians if your mom said she was Hawaiian. But, like, if she was Japanese-American, third generation, growing up in California, it would be offensive if people were like, you can't call yourself American. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because that's, like, in reference to her being Asian versus not white. And that's racist. But like that, that whole thing always like is so interesting to me. You know what I mean? Totally. And I, I think that's something that I yeah. really loved about Minor Feelings was mm. the way that she talked about like the stay in your lane politics can be dangerous mm -hmm. because they don't acknowledge like the messiness of the of messiness. race, of, of us mm. living yeah. together for so many years and um, and the ways in which cultures cross, mm -hmm. and it's hard to kind yeah, of it's hard to kind of separate them. You, it's 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 sort of yeah. clunky to do that. And yeah. I think the the way that you clunky. see that like play out in Korea was very interesting to hear about people like fleeing so many countries. History is really, really, really messy and difficult to kind of like parse out in a way that yeah. is like. Yeah. I remember but, when I was in college. When I was in college. I went to college yeah. in the financial district, um, like truly okay. blocks from the World Trade Center. Uh, also, just a few years after 9-11. Um, and I was in a, um, an anthropology class and mm -hmm. my teacher was Asian and queer. Uh, I was closeted at the time, um, but on some level, I think we were connecting in that way. Um, and, yeah. and I remember asking her, I was like 17, like a freshman, like taking this class and I asked her, um, like, is there like a neat word to describe? I mean, I guess now we, we would probably say like brown Asian, but at the time uh -huh. that, that probably would not have been understood. Uh, and I remember mm -hmm. asking her like, is there a word, like a neat word in the way that you can say Asian to kind of like group a number of people, you know? Chinese, Japanese, mm -hmm. Korean, Laotian, Vietnamese, Filipino, etc. Um, is yeah. there is there a word for them? And she and she was like, the best that she was able to come up with at the time was South Asian, but she was like, but that doesn't mm -hmm. fully uh -huh. encompass that word. And basically, her answer was no, and I don't know. 
And I remember thinking like, damn, mm-hmm. like things are, it's a big, 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 big world out there. And um, yeah. it's difficult yeah. to just kind of like categorize. Like, I just feel like as a biracial person, that's like stuff that's always going through my head. Oh Do you know what God, I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, can you like, are you, aren't you like Hawaiian? And it's like, yeah, that's offensive to Polynesians, but it's like, yeah, like there's like, you know, Japanese imperialism as well and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just so complicated. I and I feel like sort of just makes me feel like, Hey guys, countries aren't real. <laughs> I yeah. Know. I mean, I mean, truly it's like, cause especially when you, when I mean, we're they kicking they people aren't. out of their yeah. countries to go other places, it's, it's really, it's hard to yeah. kind of figure things out. And, um, yeah. So yeah, I've I've always sort of felt that same kind of like it's it's difficult to claim anything about myself because I always mm-hmm. have a voice in my head going, well, you're not really this, or were well, you not yeah, really yeah. that, or and sometimes it's not even a voice in my head. Sometimes it is usually a white friend, but not always. But it's it's, it's sometimes right. it's a physical voice from from a from a from someone in in my in my life telling me, well, you're not really, well, you're not really this, you're not really that, you know. You said that it wasn't until you went to college where you were first confronted with your Asian identity because people in Manhattan, for whatever reason, kept trying to figure this aspect yeah. of you out. And then you also mentioned that you were st- still in the closet while you were, you know, an, an undergrad in Manhattan. <laughs> so it's would you describe yourself as like a late bloomer or <laughs> yes yeah i don't i don't know yeah I'm just, uh-huh. one thousand million mean, billion just, percent right i'm just curious like do you think you know you know you're older now like do you have like a an idea a better grasp of like why that was or i mean yeah i, I think a lot of it was um just internalized prejudice that mm. slowed mm. me down you know and I yes, yeah, such a late bloomer, such a late bloomer. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 21. At that point I was I had finished college. I was like mm. done with school, mm. living in New York City, just like this desperate out newly out virgin. Um such wow. a late bloomer, such a late bloomer. And what was that like? Horrible. Horrible first- young me, terrible. Very bad. What are here? I want to hear about the first time you had sex. Awful. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Despicable. Terrible. Uh, it was so what, bad. Who, who, who was it um, with? Just a rando? The, my first time, it was with a rando. A complete rando. Okay. Yes. Could not have been more rando. <gasps> That's Truly, I, I couldn't tell, couldn't, really couldn't tell you more than four things about that person to this day. Just so random wow. but i was just so desperate oh, wow. i was so desperate i felt like such a so loser you're just i yeah. had so to at that get, point you, you were to, just like, like i just need to, I, I just need it. to lose yeah this. i was like i need to rip this band-aid off and just like get my life started and i just i and then you oh, never saw him again i saw him like truly maybe one more time at the bar that we met accidentally and that was it like mm. it was like and were you out at this time i was out yeah i i'm like okay. a, like a freak i came out to my parents first and then like no one for another year and then i came out to everyone <laughs> and then it wasn't another year after that that i even had sex just wow. so locked wow. up and also i i didn't really come out i was outed um again and again and again oh no yeah oh god yeah oh it was terrible. horrible like by your by who like everyone your friends, friends like, family your, par- your parents that's terrible oh, god. i'm so sorry yeah parents <laughs> yeah 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 um 
Yeah, I, I. Your parents like just had it and like the the Christmas card. I know, right? Wanted, and you're like, why? Why did you do put that <sighs> in the card? I well, the thing is, I tried to come out when I was like 12. Like, I was a child actor. I started when I was 11. Mm-hmm. I was like leaving, commuting into the city from Long Island, and you know, being among uh, all these gay men, mm-hmm. all these gay adult men, and then and then these feelings that I was having were now right. being reflected back at me. And I remember coming home from rehearsal one day in such a panic. And I like I was just Ooh. like wrestling with this idea. And then I finally just told my mom, I was like, I think I'm gay. And my mom was like, let's Whoa. go talk to dad. <laughs> and then oh. we talked to my dad and, and, and they we had all come to the consensus pretty quickly that I actually wasn't gay. <laughs> um, Whoa. So that's... <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jared is not gay. Yes, your dad. Your dad was yeah. like, no, you're not gay. Yeah, you're like, literally well, not, not gay. gay. Well, nothing not to gay. see here. And I was like, let's exactly. go back to so life. I was just like, oh, thank God. Oh, great. Oh, what a relief. Um, <laughs> and then. Yeah. Do you think that they were saying that to because they knew that it was hard? Like, what? Like, what do you think the purpose of them or were they just like letting you lead the conversation? Oh, no. Like, how did it come about that you weren't gay? <laughs> I mean, I was doing musical theater, you know, I was, (laughs) it was very obvious. It was very, in a lot of ways, it was very obvious. As a kid, like my favorite, favorite, favorite show was My Little Pony. (laughs) And I used to like throw a blanket over (laughs) my head and run around the house like I had like a long mane. Um, And look at me now. (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) Look at that luscious hair. But that sort of led into every two years my mom kind of checking back in and going, are you gay? And then me going, no, no, we figured it out. I'm not, no, no, you said I'm not, so I'm not. And then she was like, okay. <laughs> oh. Mom, I'm yeah, not exactly. gay. And then two years later, are you gay? No, 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 no. And then the third time she asked me, I was like maybe 17 or 18. Um, I just couldn't lie again. And then she you know it was tough mm. it was really t- it was so tough god it was tough um I'm but sorry. you know we learned a lot we learned a lot and and um they've come a long way um and you know here we are here we are wait so when your mom was asking you are you gay and you were saying no you were in your head very conscious oh, yeah. of the fact that you were lying it fully like i remember like when, I, when okay okay because like i i wasn't sure if like they had no no totally like the conversation yeah. at the time i mean not that. around sexuality like really yeah. Um, circled around the word confusion. Um, and I remember just mm-hmm. thinking like, that makes no sense. I am not confused. I'm upset. I'm freaked out. I'm scared. But I am not right. confused. Yeah. There's no confusion here. Like, it was so clear to me that I was gay from maybe mm-hmm. like it started around like 9, 10, 11. And by the time I was 12, it was just like, there is no way around this. It, this is what this is. So I, I was see. just lying, okay. just lied and lied okay. and lied. I misunderstood the first uh, thing that you said because I, I thought that they basically convinced no, you that no. you weren't gay when you were 12. But you you were just lying. You are just like, okay, they don't like this. I'm going to yeah. lie. And I think in the moment, I believed them. And I hoped right. that they were okay, right. I, I think I was, yeah. I was, I was hopeful. Mm. But I was a mess. I, was a, right. I used to flip coins. I was like 14 years old at home flipping coins going heads i'm straight oh. tails mm-hmm. i'm gay and if it and if it landed on straight i thought oh good and if it landed on gay i thought just do it again and i would just sit alone in my room and flip coins is that the That's saddest so thing sad. ever had? Um, 
And then oh, when I was God. like so 19, uh. now my parents know that I'm gay, but no one else knows. Like when I came out to them, I was like, mm-hmm. but you're outing me and I, I, I'm not doing anything about it and not telling anyone. And then eventually I started taking this acting class and the teacher mm-hmm. dead set on outing me. Every, I, I start this class, it was oh, once God. a week. Oh, the first God. six weeks, oh, every no. class should be like, are you gay? And I would say, mm-hmm. no. Or I would say, no, I haven't really thought about it. And then she would go, okay, well, I want you to think about it. Next class, are you gay? In front of a classroom, oh, in front of a class, and I would pay this person in front of a classroom. Oh God. <laughs> and she's like, and now we will take the attendance now that we yes! asked Jared if he's yeah. gay this morning. <laughs> I'm a teenager Jesus. in a room full of other teenagers. And, and she's asking, she's, she's asking yeah, me if I'm gay or gay. And I would leave sucks. the class and I would call my mom and she'd be like, how's the class? And I'd be like, okay, here's the thing. The class is great. Also, the teacher is dead set on outing me. And my mom was like, well, what are you gonna do? And I was like, I don't know. And then finally, the the one class that she didn't ask me, I think it was like week seven, that she didn't ask me if I was gay. I just said, okay, by the way, I am gay. Um, and her motto at the time, her reasoning was, mm. um, as an actor, if you are um, mm. not being true to yourself or hiding something about yourself, then you can't really do like the deep important work of being an actor. Because as yeah. we all know, there has never been not one successful closeted actor. That has never happened in the history of all of Hollywood. There was never been one <laughs> successful, working, talented, closeted actor. You cannot no. do that. Those absolutely do not exist. They, John, Tra- if you're thinking John Travolta, you're, that is not all John of them. Travolta. Tab Hunter and Anthony Perkins, Tom Cruise, uh, no. Rock Hudson, Kevin, Kevin all Spacey, of them, all no. of them, all of them, wow. truly all of them. Wow, what an intense story! You know, the I feel like with every story of um, somebody who you know grows up either gay or trans, there's like, hopefully, you know, like for me, I feel like in my in our generation, this pr- hopefully will just stop happening, but it's probably not true. But like. It's it's really hard for me to, you know, because I'm a parent. I have a six-year-old son. It's hard for me to just imagine my child saying something and me being like, no. You know, like, that just seems so... I'm like, why would I... Like, I just... It's so beyond me to care that if my son is gay or trans or whatever. And so... You know, I'm not going to act like I'm like on a high horse or something like, yeah, I would never yeah. do that. Like, whatever. Maybe he's like, I want to go to the army or something. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what it would be <laughs> for you. young me. It's like, like, mom, I want to serve. Adult, and I want to serve our country. And you're like, you're just no, confused, you don't okay? go to your room and flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's heads, you don't want to serve the oh army. If it's tails. Yeah. You keep flipping it until it's heads. I want to be a police officer. You yeah. are just, you just, you know, you've been watching too much television. And that would be a great opportunity to teach your kid about um, the so Korean War. That's so funny. He wants to get exactly. like a, he wants to get like the Lego tank, and you're like pushing him towards the My Little Pony. He's like, "Come on, Mino, you want this? You don't want the Lego tank." Don't you want the My Little Pony? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's always it's always hard to hear because I feel like all of us like we, you know, whether in your life if you're gay or whatever or not like you've had something where your parents gaslit you and didn't want you to do that and it's right. very very painful and i'm sure it's like something that you struggle with every day so i'm sorry to hear that uh, so i'm guessing did you go to undergrad for musical theater jared wow wow <laughs> uh no wow. i didn't i didn't um i went for no no i was well i assume because you said because you i was a child since actor you were 12 yeah. and 
Yeah. Uh, no, see what happened was um, puberty. <laughs> oh. Whoopsie. Yeah, it ruined it. It ruined it. I, I uh, so I was, I, I oh, my wow. singing. Oh, voice. that's a thing. So if people who are child actors, once puberty hits, they oftentimes don't end up continuing. Yeah. In that career, one hundred thousand percent. So fucking. Yeah. That's so sad. Um, wow. I was a, I was a boy soprano, as it was called, um, and with a beautiful mm-hmm. singing voice. And then puberty came, and it was like, nope, no, you, you don't have a singing voice. No, you don't. It was like night Ooh. and day. It oh was my crazy. God. It was so. Really? I mean, I mean, talk just puberty is hard enough. Um, let alone sure. gay puberty. Let alone gay puberty getting you fired from like a really good career on Broadway. Like, and then also like this industry that is like, that is so, that is such a home for gay people to be kicked out of that. Like the, like sort of the mm-hmm. subconscious, like uh. Uh, suggestion <laughs> that you're feeling in that yeah. time. It's, it's like another rejection. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just, it was yeah. just, just really so, just a lot. Um, so by the time I- Wait, and then what, how old were you? I was Sorry. 17. I was 16 okay. when my when my voice changed, and then I was 17. I, I I had like one last shot. I was cast in this fancy musical, but was quickly fired. Uh, and then that show went on to win literally every Tony Award, and I just oh, watched God. from college, where oh, I was now God. studying psychology and biology. Oh God! Just go and like my. I feel like my life is over. Like my whole. I had this whole. I had a passion. I had a talent. I had a career. Gone. And I and I'm 17, washed up, and I'm like wow. surrounded by my peers who are just beginning their lives. They're so excited. They're like, I'm finally out of my town. I'm here right, in right. the greatest city in the world, and I'm gonna make my future happen. And right. I was just yeah. on a completely wow. other frequency, and it was it was tough. Oh my god, that sounds like so intense and closeted, I a virgin, horny, yeah. acne. You, oh god, yeah. Ugh. I feel like whenever I see, because I feel like you're very attractive, it, it sounds like when I hear about models and they're like, you see like a 22-year-old model, like the, one of the most attractive people you've ever seen, but then like internally they feel like washed up because they're like too old already or something. Yeah, right. Like it's just like, it's it's so hard for, I feel like looking from the outside in to see somebody like you and be like, you know, like a kid beginning their lives, but inside you feel like it's all over. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and especially it's, with a um, thing like puberty, because that's, you yeah. know, that's something that's out of your control. It's an inevitable thing. And so, yeah. like, yeah, I imagine, I don't know, that that's just so sad. And it's it was fucks. so sad. And like, I, I if I were you at that point, I would be desperate for control in some way, shape or form. <laughs> Yes, 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 self a lot of self-hatred happening for something that's out of your control Mm -hmm. um dealing with something that's happening to you physically um so my question is did that ever translate into you having like an eating disorder or body dysmorphia it certainly did (laughs) yeah and the thing about that too is like i didn't even realize for a while because in my mind and i think in a lot of people's minds eating disorders 
is a is a gendered disorder and yeah. and as mm -hmm. a young man that that wasn't something that i ever had to think about or worry about right so you wouldn't it didn't even occur to you that that would be something that would happen to you did not right. even occur to me yeah and yeah. then to the point of like me being in like the 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 lowest of it which i mean to, mm -hmm. to be clear like i I don't want to like, I don't want to conflate it with like, with eating disorders that are like life threatening because mine certainly was not. Um, okay, right. I was just very intense around what I would allow myself to eat. And so mm -hmm. much so that like by the end of it, I, for a year, I didn't eat at a restaurant. I only made my mm. own food that I prepared that I knew what was in it. And, you know, I had safe foods and, um, and it was all about like trying right. to eliminate these like dangers to the point where like I basically had three meals and I would eat th the same three meals, but I would eat them five times and I would eat it mm. every single day. And for one year straight did not. Whoa. Or I would go to a restaurant and like lie and pretend that I was full and then go into the bathroom and then like eat my food that I had brought and then like come mm. back and just stuff oh. like that. Like just extremely like just Control really intense. Stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah. a diet times a million. Um, well, right. Yeah. I think people, when they hear eating disorder, they think it's like, you know, anorexia where you're eating a tomato a year or something. Mm -hmm. But I think, or, you know, you're starving yourself or throwing up. But I, I feel like the definition is more about you're using food as a control mechanism, right? To soothe yourself, like sort of retain power. And that's like, that's like disordered eating. It's not necessarily you, you weigh 80 pounds or whatever. Yeah. So that's, it's, I think it's an important conversation to have and obviously i've heard you talking about like your diet before and i remember the first time you talked about it i said that just sounds very la totally For me, i feel like it's just in la it's acceptable to eat like that which is completely disordered right but it's just like part of you know just when it's so pervasive it's hard to yeah. see that you're engaging in this toxic activity totally and yeah and it, it, it yeah it becomes Acceptable. normalized yeah yeah, yeah. i learned not well to talk about it yeah mm. yeah yeah which so. was the part that was like the most encompassing was like realizing mm. if i told people then then i would it became like a secret like i, I couldn't out myself and then in that way it was like yeah. a replacement for like an old secret that i no longer had oh wow interesting yeah, <gasps> yeah. Wow, that that's interesting. Also, that part where you said going to eat secretly in the bathroom. Do you think there's like you had comfort in having like a little secret like that just because oh, you were so used to it as a kid? Yeah, like having this yeah. like this like this like deep dark plaguing truth. Once you became less strict about your eating habits, did you replace it with something else to retain that level of control you liked so much in your life, or do you? Did something switch in your psychology, like in your kind of like your life ethos that made it more uh, acceptable? I probably switched it. I probably switched it with comedy. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And just like that makes like, so much sense. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. Honestly. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, if I just go to one hundred thousand mics every week, then yeah. that mm. is that is a way that I can be in charge of my future. So I've like, seen people doing that with comedy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, fulfilled, it fulfilled the same thing for me, too. I mean, it's like a for me, it was like a conduit for emotional expression. And I liked that, like, militant control aspect of it where you could be very totally. regimented. Yeah. So that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. And 
debatable. It's my, arguably just as unhealthy for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> is to yeah. find a yeah, comedy for in sure. our lives. One hundred percent. And I think that like comedy being um, really uh, a big question mark right now sure. has mm. really like forced me to address yeah. things that I've avoided for a long time. Yeah, th- you've been like super transparent, really open throughout this entire episode, and it in a beautiful way. It kind of like it's like a constellation in a way. Like it, ma- it makes a lot of sense, and I feel like our listeners have like a very deep understanding of who you are as a person, and that's like at least the feeling I get from all of this. Like just your journey as a an artist, Sagittarius and- King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had me at constellation. I heard star. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, we want to ask you, what is something that you're proud of? Something that I'm proud of, hmm, I am proud of the way, like, the way in which I am adapting to this new lifestyle that we are in. Um, it's it's something that is like challenging, and I'm uh, I'm not always doing the best job, but it but it's it's always a priority for me to, to do my best job. So that's something that I'm that I'm proud of because I am someone who like really, really um, loves and values working. Mm. And to be in this position, it's educational. (laughs) So that's something that I'm proud of. I mean, I feel like Jared, what you said seems so like, like minimal, but actually during this time for all of us to be able to accept and to be at peace with the fact that we are not producing and constantly creating or like uh you know being productive um that's like a very intense thing that we all have to like learn how to be okay with and to be okay with that is literally the hardest thing for all of us to do right now because we were all sort of raised in this like capitalistic society where our value is placed on you know what the outcome of our production right and especially Mm -hmm. i feel like for you even more intensely so than other people because you started sort of having to place your value on what you were producing at a very very early age like you started working when you were you said 11 or 12 right yeah you got it so that's way younger than all of us that you know we were you know i'm imagining when you're 12 you you like sort of place value on yourself um based on what plays you were in or you know like what movie you were in or something like that and so for you to come to peace with not creating and producing at a time like this, I feel like that's a huge hurdle. I feel like you should be proud of that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, we have, we truly have no choice. That's just all we can do is breathe <laughs> and <laughs> be kind to ourselves. Even if you're in a diarrhea dungeon. <laughs> um, Jared, thanks again for joining us on this podcast. Uh, where can our listeners find you and your work? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find me uh, uh, at Hey Jared Hey, H-E-Y-J-A-R-E-D-H-E-Y, uh, everywhere. And what about you, young me? You can find me at YM Mayor. I have my freaking TikTok, <laughs> which is probably going to be <laughs> gone by next week. My TikTok's young me Mayor. Everywhere else is <laughs> YM Mayor. How about you, Brian? <laughs> you guys can find me everywhere at It's Brian Park. And you guys can follow the, please follow the, podcast instagram at feeling asian podcast all right bye bye thank you bye